Good morning, everyone. So, I hope you've been uh, enjoying the series um, of the indispensable help of the Holy Spirit. Um, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit as the essential help of the indispensable help. If you want to put that first slide up, Andy, this is the in, it's something that the Holy Spirit, he is somebody that we cannot live without. And hopefully that's become obvious as the weeks have gone on. And so um, this is actually the fourth week, would you believe, that we've been looking at this. And uh, last week, Daryl spoke about the indispensable presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he spoke about how the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives should bring about change that there should be visible evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He said that the influence of the Holy Spirit brings a God-like character and a God-like atmosphere. So today I want to talk about one of the ways that the Holy Spirit brings about that God-like character in our lives, and that is through sanctification. So we're talking today about the indispensable sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit sanctification. It's a bit of a religious word, isn't it? It's not the kind of word you drop into conversation on a daily basis, let's be honest. What does it mean? Well, the word sanctification just means to make holy. Wayne Grudem gives a good uh, definition. He says, sanctification is a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. Now, there are three stages of sanctification. We're going to look at a little diagram here, and uh, um, we'll talk about this as we go through. But sanctification begins at salvation. So there is a de definite beginning to the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But then it increases throughout our Christian life. But it only becomes complete when we go to be with Jesus when we become like him, when we see him face to face. So before we come to Jesus, the Bible tells us that we are slaves to sin. We're condemned because of our sin, because it separates us from a holy God. We can't have a relationship with God because he is holy and he cannot associate with anything that is unholy. But when we confess our sins, when we repent, when we come to Jesus and we ask him for forgiveness, he cleanses us. He makes us right with God. He washes us clean. We are justified. This justification, God declares us not guilty. He declares us righteous in his sight. As Daryl said at the beginning, he looks at Jesus and what Jesus has done and God declares us righteous, holy. And what God does at that moment is a one-off, once-for-all transaction. Done, complete, finished. We are saved in that moment. It's received by faith and it's all through the grace of God. There is nothing we can do to earn our salvation. This is the start of our sanctification. The barrier of sin is removed so that we can now have a relationship with a holy God. We're washed clean. We have a fresh start. 
2 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Excuse me. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us at salvation when we believe the truth. But Jesus didn't just die for our our justification to make us right with God. He died to break the power of sin in our lives. We're sanctified through the power because the power of sin has been broken. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer ruled or dominated by sin. And we no longer love to sin. Now, it's probably worth just mentioning here what sin is, because I think unless we have a good understanding of what sin is, we won't really understand what sanctification is. And many of you will know that the word sin just means to miss the mark. So missing the mark, missing the standard, that is sin. And the standard is the holy, perfect God. And the Bible tells us that we've all fallen short of that standard. So if sin is anything less than the perfect nature of God, I think we can all pretty safely say that we're sinning, yeah, we're sinners. (laughs) Even though we might think we're good, I think most of us admit we're not perfect. So salvation is the beginning of sanctification. It's begun by the Holy Spirit at our conversion. But as I said, it never ends until we meet Jesus. Now, there's another difference between justification and sanctification. So I said that justification happens at salvation, but it's entirely God's work. We can't do anything about it. As I said, it's received by faith alone. We cannot save ourselves. But sanctification involves cooperation. So the Holy Spirit works in us, but not independent of us. This is a partnership. So if we go back to Wayne Grudem's definition, sanctification is a progressive work of God and man. Say with me, and man (laughs) and woman, just in case any of you women thinking you're getting away with it. So it's a joint project, okay? We have a role to play in our sanctification. Daryl touched on this last week where he said about our response to the Holy Spirit will determine our experience of the presence of God and our transformation, our sanctification. So what is the indispensable work of the Holy Spirit in our sanctification? And what about us? What do we have to do? Well, first of all, it's important to recognize that the root of our problem with sin is our sinful nature. So the Bible sometimes calls it the flesh. We were born with a sinful nature. We've inherited it from Adam and Eve. Now, when we come to Jesus, we're given a new nature. We become a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The problem is, as you and I will know, that the old nature doesn't like to give up. And so the process of sanctification is basically the process of gaining victory over the old nature. 
gaining victory over the flesh. The good news is that Jesus defeated the power of the sinful nature on the cross. The sinful nature is dead and buried because Jesus paid the price and died in our place. So we no longer have to submit to the master of sin because sin is defeated and now we have a new master, Jesus. So we are no longer slaves to sin. Jesus has won the victory over sin and that means that we can too. So how does the Holy Spirit help us to be sanctified? I just want to look at three ways. First of all, conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Now we know that no one can be saved without the work of the Holy Spirit. And Andy made this really clear the other week. The Holy Spirit brings revelation, brings conviction of of sin. It's the Holy Spirit that opens our eyes to the fact that we need a saviour. But... And as soon as we come to Jesus for that salvation, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to dwell within us. And the, ho- and the indwelling Holy Spirit is what brings that conviction of sin as a daily recognition of sin. Because the Holy Spirit in our lives enables us to recognize what is not holy. And I know, because I've spoken to many of you, how God has transformed you, that when you came to Jesus, the things that felt right before didn't feel right anymore. There's that sense of things aren't quite right. Things things that were acceptable aren't acceptable. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He brings that sense of conviction. You know what it's like when you feel, oh, that wasn't right. I shouldn't have said that. shouldn't have done that. And maybe before it wouldn't have been so much of an issue for us. There is an awareness of sin. There's an awareness of things that displease God. There is an incompatibility between the presence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of sin. So we feel a consciousness of sin because we have a consciousness of God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives highlights the presence of anything unholy. We should be unhappy about sin. We should feel convicted, not condemned, but convicted. Because conviction leads to repentance, which leads to forgiveness, which leads to cleansing and transformation. This is an ongoing process. We know it goes on every day of our lives. Secondly, the Holy Spirit gives us new desires. He changes our desire to sin. The old nature is defeated with its old sinful desires. When we come to Jesus, we're doing a complete turn. So we're turning away from the old nature with our old desires, our old values, our old interests, and we're turning towards Jesus, to his, to our, his desires for us. We're turning towards our new nature, our new purpose. When the Holy Spirit enters our lives at conversion, he brings transformation of our desires. If we can continue to sin quite happily after becoming a Christian, I would really question whether we've truly repented. Because there should be change. There should be evidence. Of course, we don't stop sinning. None of us are there, as I said, until we see Jesus face to face. 
But this transformation should occur. That transformation may take time, but it's happening. There should be change. There should be a new desire to please God that comes from a heart that's been transformed by the Holy Spirit. And the more we give ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the more our desires are changed. Galatians 5, verse 16 to 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So the more we walk by the Spirit, the more we will find our desires change. And I'll come back to this later. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit helps us by enabling us to resist temptation. What is temptation? Well, it's just the pull, if you like, the enticement to do something that we know to be wrong. And it's not sinful to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. It's what we do with that temptation that matters. It's our response that determines whether or not we sin. Where does temptation come from? Well, I guess we could say that Satan tempts us, which is true. But Satan's greatest weapon is our sinful nature. Our own sinful fleshly desires. We're pulled towards sin, towards satisfying our own desires to do what we want, what feels good. There's a constant battle between our old sinful nature pulling us in that direction and our new nature pulling us towards God and holiness. Paul expressed this really well in Romans 7.15 when he said, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate I do. If we go on to verses 21 to 25 in the message, I think it puts it really well. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions, where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Jesus has won the battle. When Jesus defeated the power of sin on the cross, he made it possible for us to defeat sin in our own lives. He gave us the power to resist temptation through the Holy Spirit. Paul goes on to say in Romans 8, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. The spirit of life has set us free, free from the rule of sin. So now the battle has been won. We don't have to live by the rules of our sinful nature. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us to resist that pull, that, that pull of temptation. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. 
God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have a way of escape. It's not about our human ability to resist temptation. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us win the battle. So what about our part? We've talked about how the Holy Spirit helps us. But what about our part? Because this is a joint project. Our salvation, as I said, our justification is all by faith and not works. But we need to contribute to participate in our own sanctification. So firstly, we need to follow the new master. Romans 6, verse 6 to 7 says, for we know that our, that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And then if we go on to verse 11 to 14, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourselves to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace." So God has done his part. Our old self was crucified with Jesus. The power of sin has been broken. But we also have a part to count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. To choose to live in this new life. Verse 12 says, do not let sin reign. As I said, the process of sanctification is the process of new, the new nature reigning over the old if we continue to follow the desires of the old nature, to allow it to rule, we will not change. We will not become more like Jesus. And we will miss out on the transformed life that he has for us, that he died for. We have a new master. So we don't want to follow the old one. We need to follow him. As Romans 6 says, we need to offer ourselves to God offer every part of ourselves to him. That means giving our lives fully to him, to follow him. And to live in this new life, we need to feed our new nature and starve the old one. So we need to feed the new nature with the word of God. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, to bring that word alive to us. We need to offer our lives to God, to the Holy Spirit rather than submitting to the old master. Secondly, we need to obey. Not a word perhaps we like. <laughs> 1 Peter 1, verse 1 to 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered everywhere, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. We have been sanctified to be obedient. 1 Peter 1 verse 14 to 16 says, So you must live 
as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. So you could think that all this talk about not following our own desires sounds like I'm saying that everything that we want in life is wrong. You know, it can sound a bit like, you know, the, the, the traditional understanding perhaps of being a Christian, which is life is boring and miserable and you can't do anything you want. Absolutely not. God created us to enjoy life. Do you believe that? Absolutely. To enjoy the world he's created, to enjoy the relationships that he's given us. But he's also given us some guidelines to help us to do that in a way that is not harmful to ourselves or to others. Jesus came to bring life in all its fullness. But just as we want our children to be happy and fulfilled, so we teach them right from wrong and we give them rules to keep them safe. So our Heavenly Father gives us guidelines to help us flourish in the life that he's given us. And I'm sure if we're honest, we'll admit that not everything that we desire is actually good for us. Now I have a question for you. Why does all the tastiest food have the most calories? <laughs> Anyone answer me that? <laughs> the Holy Spirit has started the process of sanctification and keeps working in us but we have to choose. We have to choose to follow and we have to choose to obey. That's our part. And thirdly, finally, our part is to walk in the Spirit. So let's read a bit more of Galatians 5. So we start with verse 16 again. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, the, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things as these there are, is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We need to walk by the Spirit in order to gain victory over sin. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Well, the word walk there just means a way of life. It means we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. We ask him to fill us. We allow him to lead us. We follow his promptings. We respond to his conviction. We are living in the Spirit. If we are led by the Spirit, we will be led into holiness because that's who he is. We will be led into the things that please God and for our good. We will develop the fruit of the Spirit because that is the nature of God. 
That's, that's the fruit of the Spirit just describes who God is. And as we're led into, by the Holy Spirit, we'll be led into the nature of God. We will develop that new nature of God. This is what happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, when we give him room in our lives. He transforms us to be more like Jesus. Martin's going to come up and just help me do a little illustration for us. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I start looking at this whole subject, I just realize more and more how far away I am from where I want to be and how much I need the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. But the wonderful thing is that the Holy Spirit in our lives, the more we allow him into our lives, the more he transforms us. And Martin's just going to help by doing a little practical illustration for us. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't trip over anything because that will be embarrassing. Okay, so Martin's going to hold up a, uh, a glass of lovely clean water. Okay, can you see that there? Can you, I hope you can see that on the, on the screen as well. So, so this is us before we come to Jesus, Okay. Nice and dirty. This is us full of our old nature. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to come in, this is what happens. So the more that we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, the more he transforms us. And the more of him that we have in our lives, the less that we have of the old nature. So as time goes on, and the more and more of the Holy Spirit we have in our lives. Can you see what's happening? Martin, do you want to lift the glass up? Yeah, hold it against the plain, the black. Martin, can you move back so we can see it against the plain background? Pour a bit out. Pour a bit out. You can't quite see. Yeah. It's actually against the background. It looks darker than it is. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Can you see how, how the difference in color? That's all right. I think, I think we've got the message. Oh, no, no. All right, got to keep going. Keep going. Okay, keep going. Or wet. Uh, yeah, keep it closer to the thing or we're going to get the whole sockets wet. You can see? Okay. Do you get the... No one needs to drink it. But, uh, it is only food colouring. It won't do you any harm. Okay, thank you, Martin. Round of applause for Martin. <clears throat> the point is, <laughs> hopefully it's clear, the point is that the more we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, the cleaner we get, okay? The more we're transformed. So the more we're fill filled with the pure water of the Holy Spirit, the more our old nature is displaced and becomes clean. So, my question to you today is, do you want to be more like Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit is indispensable to us in our sanctification. If you just put that last slide up again for us, uh, Andy, thank you, just to remind us. If we want to be like Jesus, the Holy Spirit is essential. He is absolutely necessary. We cannot disregard his work. We cannot neglect him. He's in too important not to have 
if we want to be more like Jesus. Now, there may be people here today, or there may be people watching at home, and maybe you've never come to Jesus. You've never experienced that sanctification. And maybe the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart today. I want to give an opportunity for you today to receive the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, to receive salvation. And I just want to lead us in a prayer. And if you feel that this is the way that you've been prompted today, that you want to give your life to Jesus, that you recognize that Jesus died for you so that you can be cleansed and made clean, then this is a time that you can come to Jesus. So I'm just going to lead us in a prayer that you can pray in your own heart. Father God, I know that I'm a sinner and my sins have separated me from you. I'm truly sorry. And now I want to turn away from my past sinful life towards you. Please forgive me and wash away my sin. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, was raised from the dead, is alive, and here's my prayer. <clears throat> I invite you, Jesus, to become Lord of my life, to rule and reign in my heart from this day forward. Holy Spirit, come and fill me now. Come and sanctify me and work in my life to sanctify me day by day so that I become more and more like Jesus. Thank you, Father, that I am now your child and I will be with you for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that, if you meant that, then we'd love to hear from you. So if you're in the room, please let one of us know. If not, if you're watching online, please get in touch with us in one of the ways that you will see at the end. But for those of us who already know Jesus, who've been following Jesus, I believe that God wants us to know more of the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I want to pray for us now. Because if you know that, that that's a desire of your heart, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to fill us afresh with his sanctifying power. So Lord Jesus, we come to you with our hearts full of gratitude for what you did for us on that cross. We thank you, Father, that you have enabled us to have this wonderful relationship with you, a holy God, through the sacrifice of Jesus. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you fill us, that you sanctify us, that you enable us to have victory over the sinful nature that frustrates us and makes it so hard sometimes to follow Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we ask you now to come and fill us, to fill us afresh, to transform us. Lord, I pray where there have been areas in our lives of battle, where there have been strongholds in our lives of sin, that Holy Spirit, you would come and break down those walls, break those chains. Lord, I pray for freedom from addictions, I pray for freedom from bad habits, things that we know are not good for us, those things that we've got stuck with, those patterns of behavior, those patterns of thinking that are of the old nature. Holy Spirit, I pray, will you come and transform us 
Sanctify us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.